0: Welcome to the Broken Shovel Podcast, where you never know where and when the music's going to play. Uh, today, if you are listening to this on the day of release, is October seventeenth, two 2023. If you are listening to this in the future, please tell me what the weather is like. Uh, Today, we will be talking about El Nino again and how it means we know nothing at all about anything at all. Yes. Uh, We will also be following up that conversation, uh, talking about celestial events to look for in the night sky this winter. Hi, Eric. Hi. And I'm Lucas.
1: Hi. Yes. Hi. So (laughs) I want to just quickly caveat this start of anybody that watches us on YouTube. Oh, uh, yes. We have the wrong, we put the wrong episode up.
0: (laughs) I will put this one up as well as the previous week. I apologize for the mix up. Um, I hope everyone
1: enjoyed listening to our Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy podcast.
0: (laughs) So that's on me. Sorry, everybody. Um, I had two files on my desktop and I dragged the wrong one. So uh, I will uh, guaranteed mess up something completely different for this episode. Right. Or I already (laughs) did. (laughs) <laughs> Hi Eric. Hi. Uh, back so
1: to, to El Nino.
0: Yeah, so uh we're talking about El Nino a few uh... Eric brought up the three different stories last week uh, that you know were all El Nino related, and we thought we'd expand on that a little bit uh, as we we head into winter and yet another uh, seasonal change. So, yeah. Eric, take it so, away, my friend.
1: Yeah. So El Nino, uh, we, we I went next. He got the official definition of it. Again, I think. Did we do it last time? I can't remember. All right, but either way, everyone can. It's good to learn it again. If you're so new to the show, if you're new to the show, exactly. So it's the uh warming of the ocean surface or above average sea surface temperature in the central eastern tropical basin. Uh, really, kind of centraling uh, off of the, kind of the northern part of the South America kind of where the equator and tropics go across, it just builds up this hot water in this area that slowly spreads across the entire Pacific, uh, affecting weather patterns across the entire planet.
0: It combines with other weather events and creates a a synergistic effect, which is not always positive, um, Mm -hmm. but not always negative either. So, um, but Of course, it's it's broken. It's the broken shovel podcast, so we're going to be a little more on the negative. uh, Yeah, more on the negative
1: because well, it's kind of broken. It is. I mean, this storm, the or the weather pattern is broken Mm -hmm. because there are so many anomalies in currently happening and have been happening this year. Uh, The unusually high ocean temperature uh, is a big one because normally with when an El Nino is forming, we have a less than active hurricane season, but the opposite was true this year. We had a more than average active hurricane season, which we're still not done with, but hopefully we've gotten past the quote-unquote worst of it.
0: Yeah, the peak, and and really, uh, it, luckily, uh, it wasn't uh, a lot of landfall, but the but mm-hmm. formation of named category storms uh was definitely uh up a significant percentage this yes, year.
1: Yes, very up, up a lot. But yeah, so right now the uh in the Pacific the uh so we said it it's caused by the rising ocean surface temperature. Uh right now it is at about 1. 1.5 1. 1.6 degrees Celsius, which is about 2.9 degrees Fahrenheit above average and it usually peaks around well previous years it's times it's happened it's peaked around this level uh it looks like it's going to peak closer to two or higher but that's where one of the we don't know what's going to happen to come in because uh with the already warm temperatures uh peep they're predicting either a it's going to plateau about where it's at now or there's also a fear that it's going to just keep going, 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 like the rest of the ocean temperatures did over the summer.
0: And by going, going, you mean up. up um, yes. So, uh, yeah, there's, you know, we know this has been an extremely anomalous Uh, El Nino uh, combined with with rising temperatures. And uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the Amazon that you brought up last week. Yes. Um, What are we seeing there uh, as a result of this?
1: Amazon is getting well, it's there's less trade winds right now because of it. So there's less. So it's it's basically it's dry. And there's not a lot of wind. Uh, there's not a lot of moisture because the moisture is kind of cycling away. It's going to hopefully once the El Nino picks up, it'll circle back around. And it's the with the cl- the climate models of what could potentially happen are just it's. Smarter minds than I made them, and I have honestly got lost watching <laughs> them. But, um, the big thing is, is the trade winds normally travel uh East to West and the high winds travel West to East, uh, during the, uh, El Nino, the West, the East, the West to East trade winds become less prevalent. Uh, and then also like the high winds also become less prevalent, which kind of creates this weird, cylindrical cycle thing that'll pull part of the debt, the, the jet stream down. But that jet stream, another one of our anomalies, uh, the, the southern jet stream is already disjointed out of its normal pattern, um, so they're not sure what's going to happen with the jet stream this year with how messed up it already is.
0: Uh, have you read about this, um, the mountain chicken frog in uh, Dominica?
1: In no, British I just didn't. Uh,
0: it is the fastest extinction of an animal Ever. Um you know, the mountain chicken frog disappears in the fastest expedition, uh, extinction ever recorded. Um, you know, they're still sort trying to find the causes. But you know, I think it's a short walk uh, to see, you know, that they're, they're, they're suffering from a fungus, uh, mm-hmm. which is very, there's gotta be no way, <laughs> you know, that when you yeah. see something like this, um, you know, but that's all just uh, theory and conspiracy, I guess, at this point. But yeah, it's worth looking into these poor frogs. Um, it's a pretty astonishing decline. I'm looking for numbers now, but um... oh yeah, they're blaming hurricanes, huh? Of course, um... they're
1: blaming hurricanes. Yeah, <laughs> <doing that. laughs> go
0: figure. Yes. So the Amazon is breaking. Uh, there is an extreme risk of canopy die-off. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, Canopy
1: die off. I mean, it's just because I mean, the big thing is, is without the trade winds bringing and we, we touched on this way back when we talked with uh, Serena mm-hmm. of a, a lot of the nutrients and uh, airborne pollinators and stuff. It's drawn it, the Sahara. It comes from the Sahara Desert. So those trade winds pull all of that stuff over and if it's not getting that stuff, it's also getting hotter because the air is kind of stagnating there. Mm-hmm. So...
0: Um, what was the other two? I'm drawing a blank. My social battery right now is so low, my friend.
1: Uh... Yeah, I kind of focus my, my, my notes are a lot on like kind of a lot of like the, wind, the way the wind goes, how it's going to be drier in the West. Like Indonesia right now is having is, is extremely dry. So, and then, and, but in the in the east, where like like Mexico and the south south uh southwestern America, right now it's wet.
0: Right, and this is tied to the jet stream, or am I reaching?
1: Uh, it, no, it's more tied to the the effect of El Nino and how like yeah, because normally the because it basically it goes in a giant a giant circle with the trade winds and the right, high winds. Okay. And what's basically happening is, they're they've all they've the whole think pattern has shifted over because of El Nino to where it's more happening over South America and North America where it normally happens over the Pacific.
0: Okay, which is tied to the weather that we've experienced so far this year in uh, Vermont and New England.
1: Yes, and we're likely to see more of going forward. Um, I'm pessimistic about the whole thing. Um, I honestly think that everyone's thinking that we're going to get a, wet, a, a very snowy winter. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's going to get cold enough. I, I honestly think that we are going to have an unusually warm winter. It's still going to be wet, but it's going to be warm.
0: Right, which is uh, really scary here if you have to drive anywhere.
1: Because um, mm-hmm, there's roads. a lot of ice is... When it's, when it's, when it doesn't get down into the right conditions for snow, it just turns to ice.
0: Right. uh, Now you've lived here longer than me. Would this cause more frost heave or less frost heave? More. Uh, More. Okay. More moisture in
1: the ground, more water to freeze, more, more likely to see humps. (laughs)
0: okay so and anybody who's not in the area of frost heave is a nightmare uh so basically under our roads and um everything really you'll get moisture under the ground that freezes Mm -hmm. and you know uh when water freezes it expands and it expands on the path of least resistance which somehow Uh, asphalt yeah and (laughs) you know we you know there's no speed bumps in vermont but there are, um, yep. it's it yes. becomes a real hazard. Uh, then plows can't quite plow effectively around them and they yep. become very uh, slippery.
1: It also uh, breaks up the pavement itself, creating potholes and other hazards along the roadway. And of course, our, our towns and state is not the best about maintaining our roadways already. Yeah. <laughs> and let alone having to deal with like they, they, they basically spent, like, I know all the crews around us spent basically all summer playing catch up.
0: Yes. Uh, where uh, like regular
1: see. maintenance kind of was put to the wayside in, in alternative to the, basically replacing culverts, fixing the ditches that they only seem to fix after a major storm event. Cause that's when the culverts get washed out and issues happen. And it's mm-hmm. just, it, it's frustrating to watch as someone who lived through Irene and other storms to watch. They do all this great work, and then they just neglect it to where it doesn't keep maintained, and then causes issues when we do get further weather events.
0: Yeah. So uh, you know, and this is part of um, why Meg and I plan to be trapped from time to time. Um, yeah. Because as as great as our road crew is, um, they're spread very thin, mm-hmm. and you know the the goalposts goal posts are forever moving on these yes. these fellas in my town anyway,
1: yeah, they always are I mean our crew uh, I mean our crew struggled to have a foreman uh they found out that one of the fo- foremen uh cost the town a lot of money uh we had one crew member for quite a while uh he wrecked three trucks <laughs> and big the big body dump trucks he wrecked them by rolling them um. Unfortunately, he was. I mean, he was a decent. He was a nice, nice guy, but uh, it, he cost the town a lot of money. And because of employment laws, they we couldn't just get rid of him. Plus, we couldn't find anybody to replace him. I even mean, if they, even if they did.
0: Yeah, and and there have been other towns around here um, where they've lost their crew because the workload was too much, and they just said, "Screw this."
1: Yeah, I mean, um, the thing is, is I mean, we we. They, we 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 pay. We're. I mean, it's, it's another one of those factors of we have one of the one lowest waged states in the country, mm-hmm. and situations like this are where it shows. Yeah. It's like we have some of the highest taxes and we have some of the lowest wages. Uh, our towns are not properly funded unfortunately a lot of the money gets funneled into the school systems which are also really not doing great so it's uh, uh there's a lot of frustration on on long time vermonters part on like hey where's our money going
0: yeah, and and this isn't just Vermont, but we're we're seeing El Nino hit people's wallets and uh, across the globe. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, I wish I had numbers in front of me, but it's billions of dollars in our country oh,
1: alone this it is. year. The, the last El Nino cost I want I, I, it was upwards of seven point two billion in I don't, and that was I think that was just in weather disasters caused by El Nino, not even counting the economic impact of the storm or the the weather pattern. Yeah. Can't call it a storm because it's a, it's a very large weather pattern that's happening.
0: Yeah. It's a global weather pattern.
1: Is that fair to say, or is it hemispheric? Hemispheric. It's more, no, 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 it's not just hemispheric because it's, it's both affecting uh, Australia and South America. Um, so it's, yeah, like, like right now, South America had its hottest summer on record with a lot of fires co- co- having, but they're hopeful that it's actually, that, that El Nino, as El Nino dies down or builds up, I can't, God, the numbers are so weird on it, is it's that it's going to shift really from, it's hard to track, because um, yeah, they're the opposite of us, so they're hoping in their spring-summer that El Nino's going to bring wetter conditions, and Kind of stop this tinderbox that's happening in the Amazon and uh, other parts of uh, it was Argentina was where I saw this report out of.
0: Okay, and of course Canada and Australia. Um... Yep,
1: Canada because yeah, the uh, uh, drier and warmer for northern continental U.S., which is Alaska, uh, the Western Can- Western Canada, uh, the East or the West Coast, with uh, they're they're predicting. Uh, snowy and wet on the east coast. I, I'm I'm still cautiously. I'm I'm not. I think it's going to be too warm for the snowy part. I really don't think we're going to see see the snow like they're predicting. But I I would I would love to be wrong at well, the same and- time.
0: Uh, you know, and you mentioned Serena earlier, uh, long-term prediction is irresponsible. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been seeing a lot. I, I have you know Meg and I were talking about this on our, our hike this morning where, You know, two or three days ago, I saw an article and told her, well, it's going to be a really cold and hard winter. And uh, then I saw a different report today that was like, oh, it's gonna be warm and wet. And, you know, it's just like, uh, you can't, you got to wait and see. You you know, it's irresponsible um, to to try to predict this and and Mm -hmm. you know going back to how we started the show is is they can't you know Mm -hmm. they're they're trying desperately to but everything is unprecedented and you know a certain amount of the science behind this requires previous uh records and Mm -hmm. uh with the combination of climate change and El Nino, rocketing high uh, temperatures, it's impossible. And anybody who's trying to tell you they know what the weather is going to be like this year is selling you something. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, just yep. just count how many ads are on that website uh, because they don't know
1: jack. No. You know, and I think there, basically, yeah, the scientific community is basically we really is. I am going to use our PG thirteen is a, we don't know shit because yep. we don't i mean they 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 collectively like they they use a lot of a kind of hypothetical terminology with and a lot of past tense of like what we're typically used to what we've seen in the past but there's always caveats of like we don't we really don't know because there are so many factors going into this of that are affecting it that just that we don't used to see
0: yeah a lot of what our thinking has been for a century or more is uh, obsolete. Yep. And uh, we're, we're now in a learning pattern again, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. Uh, but, yep. you know, there's a lot of really, really smart people out there, uh, including the now third mentioned Serena Arnold, uh, uh, the meteorologist. Um, yeah
1: Who are working on to figure, try to understand what's understand going it. on. To hopefully we can predict, predict what exactly is going to happen. Although I will say I have one good, good piece of news out of everything tell me uh, that. The, the ocean temperatures in the atlantic are finally going down
0: that's fantastic news
1: it, it's like this much but, but yeah like it but... it's it is starting to go down it plateaued for most of september and august and then it's finally kind of taken a little tiny downturn
0: now, and before we move on to our, our, the sky, uh, NOAA did confirm that September was the hottest September on record. So that pattern did continue.
1: Um, yep. So may, may hottest, June hottest, July wettest, August hot, September hot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, they're doing their best out there, but boy, oh boy. Um, Fewer trips to the grocery store, folks. I got to tell you, that you, I just cannot tell you enough how getting involved with the people that grow your food will benefit. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like it will, but it absolutely will get involved. You know, it's a yeah. long time of year Although here in New I, England, but. It,
1: it is. I actually, I, I, I'll i bring up the story. I, I have a story I'm going to share with ne- next week that I saw on on Reddit about because next week we're going to talk about kind of uh food, food source migration micro the term flavors. I just came up with yes exactly yes <laughs> uh, and grocery bills um and such and how climate change and these events are uh, going to affect the way our food tastes and is grown um, but I have a good I want to have a story about um, some people in urban areas share, sharing some horror stories about their their local farmers markets and what has happened to them. But it's very good for next week's episode. Yeah, yeah I'd So, be interested so in that. tune in next week for my good story that I found on Reddit. <laughs> hey,
0: uh, but so- back
1: to something more positive and kind of kind of exciting that my my favorite time of year.
0: Yeah, so here in New England, and you know obviously you know winter uh, winter is colder for a multitude of reasons, but there's less cloud cover. Most mm-hmm. of the time, uh, allowing warm air to rise, blah, 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 which blah. means we get to see more of the night skies. And here in the rural areas of, of Vermont and New England, we, I mean, it just lights up. It oh, is. yeah,
1: We've, we, we get a, we have a very small section of the Milky Way that we are able to see. Because there's, so uh, there's, there's so little light pollution. There's so little light pollution. I have a little bit more than you do, Lucas, because mm-hmm. I get a yep. lot from Hanover. Yeah. Um, but, but it's still like I can, I'm walking around at night and looking up and just being able to see that that milky white coloring yep. on the sky. And it's and, and it's been really nice the past few nights. It's been perfect, perfect conditions to see all of the stars. And now you're going to share with us some some events yeah, that are happening. I
0: have some stuff that's just sort of coming up. I'm going to have some dates. Um, and I'll probably mispronounce some stuff. But... Uh, we've got, and and just as we're going through, I'm just gonna, I'll be going back and forth. But uh, December 21st is our winter solstice in the northern mm-hmm. hemisphere,
1: longest uh, day of the year, everybody. Longest that day is of it. The year. That uh, is the, it. And after that, it start. It's we're free of these. We're, we start being free of like the what is it? What does it get down to? Like eight hours of daylight?
0: Uh, it, I've I believe I've clocked like seven and a half.
1: Yeah, it gets pretty bad. It gets pretty bad here. Like we're not bad as like Canada, like Northern Europe, Alaska, like we don't get the 30 days at night kind of thing. But it gets, it gets pretty gloomy for us. Like we, you, I I have days where I go to work and I come home from work and it's dark both ways.
0: You know, and I think I said this when we were talking about getting ready for winter uh, last time, Uh, you start just mainlining vitamin D. Like yep. I have to like, just take so much vitamin D because the sun is so important. <laughs> yes, yes. Everyone uh, gets
1: kind of grumpy. Everyone and just sit- kind of it's and miserable. That's the thing too. Like sitting
0: sitting in front of a window doesn't do it. You know what I mean? No. Like the, that that no, light the, is the filtered. The sun is too and,
1: low on the high horizon.
0: Yeah, there's just nothing. You gotta you gotta find these ways to trick your brain into being happy. <laughs> Yep. Um
1: that's why a lot so, of I mean, honestly, that's why a lot of people up here ski because a lot of the slopes of the ski areas are so on sun. southern facing slopes. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting that good that just that straight shot of vitamin D. Yep. But it's also getting to be very, very expensive. And there's actually some complaints I've been oh seeing recently God, that uh, ski season is not going to be what it used to be this year because it's it's too expensive for the mm-hmm. average vermonter to be able to afford to do without deals specials and whatnot but
0: i think we'll yeah i think we'll see some of the smaller hills uh survive yeah I'm, um,
1: uh, my, my, yeah, like uh mad river will probably make it Bolton, some of those small ones that do do a lot of those community stuff of like they have vermont days you show your vermont license and it's the I I don't want to quote, but it's like half or less price lift tickets. Um, the Point Radio Station does every Friday if you go buy their little ba- their badge and their coupon book. Uh, they do uh, you you go to ski and ride. I don't know if they're or if they're still doing it. Cause last year it was really hard to find information on it.
0: Jeez. So the following day, December twenty second. <laughs> We'll have the Ursid meteor shower, which is a pretty regular event, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So, and I don't really have a lot of information on that, but January 3rd, we will have the Quad Rantids meteor shower. Uh, And this is going to be super prolific meteor shower, uh, most prolific. uh, with up to 110 meteors per hour at peak. And it will peak on the night of January 3rd and in the early morning hours of January 4th. Um, you want to watch that at midnight. Yep. Uh, and I am putting all of these in my calendar. There's really no way uh, I want to miss that. Um, Venus and Saturn it will be in conjunction on... January twenty second, uh, meaning they will appear very close together in the sky. It'll just it's one of those things, uh, especially if you can view it through a telescope, uh, which I am lucky to have.
1: Um, is yeah, so you have a you actually have a much better view than I do of everything because. Yeah. I get more of, like, if it's directly over our head, I get that good stuff, but all that stuff that's on the southern horizon, yeah, I don't get good, because tre- between my tree... My tree line is what kills me, Is because, like, I'll have these... They'll have these great events, like, hey, you can see the moon and Saturn in sync with each other, and da-da-da, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I can't see it, because it's too low on the horizon for me.
0: Yeah. Uh... Gosh. And then... Oh, what is the date february 2nd uh comet c 2022 e3 will be closest to earth um now that is a, so for a long period the comet that was discovered in march of 2022 will make its closest approach to earth uh and it will be visible to the naked eye mm-hmm. Um, and then this one's just fun to say. A couple days later, October, uh, February 5th, is the snow micro moon. Uh, it is a uh, full moon in February. Uh, it's also the second micro moon of the year, which means that it is at its furthest point from Earth in its orbit. Uh, so it's going to look tiny. Uh, so if it's a clear night, it'll be kind of a, kind of a trip, I think, to to you know be able to see a.
1: a micro yeah, especially because we had so many. We had what two super moons over the summer?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And we and just they, had. And it,
1: it was big.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's it's really fun to be able to be able to see those things, yeah. and you know we're lucky. Uh, you know, even though Eric is complaining, I mean, I have lived in Baltimore the bay area oh no i lived in i I lived in waco
1: texas you don't see that yeah you don't see
0: anything anything. you know so take eric's complaints with a grain of salt um
1: no i i will i complain but i also like i i can i can look out and see the big dipper every night i can Mm -hmm. well any every night that it's clear uh i can (laughs) see so i i've got to figure out what happened but my i can no longer see orion's belt and it's not a tree line thing it's an actual like something's shifted in the night sky. And I think we've touched on this before of like, I really feel like our view of the sky has shifted like 20 or 30 degrees.
0: I would be very interested to talk to a scientist about
1: that. Yes, I uh, would, I would as well, because I, I, but it just seems like my, the big dipper is a little bit in a different location. I can no longer see Orion's belt, which means I can no longer see uh, uh the, the red star, uh, and I love love looking at the red stars it's one of my favorite stars to look at.
0: Are you standing in a hole in the ground maybe or something?
1: No, this is it's I used to be able to stand in a very in a, in a number of spots and I could just look straight out that way and boom, it was right there uh in the winter months it would shift to a little bit over here uh but now it is just gone. i would I need to figure out what happened.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Well, good. Head out, head out with a lasso and uh, get yes. yourself a scientist. Yes. Uh, I need speaking
1: to get... of lasso. We're looking for astronomers.
0: Speaking of lassos, let's talk about what's happening uh, at our homes uh, and uh, talk a little bit more about what we're going to be talking about next week.
1: Yeah. Um, so um, I had a very Vermont slash <laughs> country thing Happened to me, and and I'm not going to talk about my family of skunks that visits me, um, because they've run out of food, so they're moving on. Um, But no, the uh, other night I was coming in for my evening cigarette, and uh, yes, I know, ick, ick, I know, but it helps me sleep, so whatever. (laughs) Um, But I'm stepping out of my garage, and I hear clop, clop, clop going down the road, and there is a, um, what I can only assume is a juvenile draft horse, because it's definitely not Full size, like Budweiser draft horse size, but definitely not like little, dra- like baby draft horse, like a juvenile. Um, but just walking down the road, like just, and I, I, I stop. I'm like, excuse me, what are you doing? Because of course I talk to animals like they are humans, and they, I have some sort of familiarity with them because that's just what I do. But say <laughs> so yeah, I asked him what it was doing, and it stopped, and it looked at me, and I said, just like what, like what's going on? Like why are you out here? and it just kind of looked at me and stared at me for a second and then i'm like i'm not dealing with you it's bedtime you're somebody else's problem you know, somebody and went inside
0: the gate, it sounds like huh yes
1: and I, I don't even know i i have so many neighbors with horses I have no idea which neighbor it could have come from. I know it's not the one across the street from me because Mm -hmm. she specifically has Morgan horses. Right. So it had to have been one of the others. And I don't think it was across the way. So I think it's somebody um, up the hill farther up from me.
0: Interesting. Interesting very interesting
1: yes. um yeah
0: i had a strange vermont experience as well i, I don't know if it's a vermont experience i think i just had a strange experience
1: i think it's stopped... a voodoo experience <laughs>
0: what did i call it <laughs> vermont Your voodoo Verdu. Verdu. Verdu.
1: um
0: i was at the gas station i was at baker's in uh like post mills west Fairley area uh and there was this just massive like and I'm, I'm going to say, like preface, like when I say turkey leg, it's not like Thanksgiving dinner. It is from the knee down, so yes, it's the, all the.
1: the it's foot. a chicken foot. Yeah, turkey foot. to
0: so, Yeah, turkey foot. And this thing was massive, and it's just laying there, round with a bunch of braided string wrapped around it. It was it was very confusing. And, that was some. Uh, it
1: was some very voodoo sounding stuff.
0: Yeah um what else you got going on on the homestead now that we've gotten our um, stuff out of the way? i
1: took my trimmer the, my trimmer to my garden and knocked down every inch of almost every inch of mint and stuff mm-hmm. pulled up my carrots uh i pulled my corn i actually got corn with like the it's about like a little little like three inch long ear of corn but this is the I'm,
0: glass gem corn. yes
1: this is the glass gem corn. i'm currently drying i got to figure out i actually have to google how to properly dry it out so i can nope. that's what i'm doing I- now
0: I think you'll want to dry them on the cob, but yes,
1: um, oh, obviously leaving them on the cob. I was going to do them on the cob. Yep. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm trying to remember what I did. I think I just tied them up and hung them in the kitchen.
1: Yep. So. Yeah, I got. I think I'll put them in my basement because my basement's a little drier than my kitchen is. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> but not by bed. much. Putting but yeah. Putting bed. my and then I, my tiller wouldn't start, so I didn't get the till, and I kind of just kind of went, like. Uh, whatever (laughs) and kind of stopped working and started playing starfield
0: yeah it's that time of year for you uh and uh, don't get me wrong i play video games too just not as uh expertly as eric does um let's see uh yeah so mostly we're just still I, i think i talked about this last week the chelsea um holiday market which is an extension of the farmer's market on november 11th we're getting ready for that um we had a neighbor up yesterday who was going through meg's materials and sort of designing a broom with her which she's been making for them today which is really beautiful it's just gorgeous um and uh i just had my first uh board meeting for the chelsea farmers market talk about getting involved in local food uh thank you thank you um get involved in local food uh it's it's super important and i am not fully elected yet that election is in march but i am unopposed um and there's still another vacancy on the board so if anybody wants to talk to me about that you can email me uh, but yeah, so I am uh, acting board member. I've got a few things already to do with homework and things like that. Uh, I'm just very excited to be getting more involved in local food. Um, and speaking of local food, if you are in Chelsea, the Freeverse Market... Uh, is selling soups again and guess who's making them Meg and Lucas Ooh. so so uh, they've probably gone through the corn chowder but we also have a um, ribolita, which is kind of like a, an Italian vegetable soup yep. um, we'll be bringing them a pumpkin uh, as soon as they're ready a, a, a very interesting pumpkin soup and um, yeah so if you're passing through Chelsea and you want to get some soup and hot sauce yes so (laughs) um yeah that's that's kind of it Uh, i'm just i'm really excited to be joining the board and and getting to know these people and uh i was talking to one of the women there um who started the market in 1974 and and, uh she's just this fascinating person she was my neighbor at the at the farmer's market this year and i didn't realized she was on the board until I I was in like a group email uh, about today's meeting and I was I was like oh of course she is of yeah. course she is so uh, we're getting you know and'll I'll be talking about it all summer next year but it's the 50th anniversary of the Chelsea farmers market one of the oldest farmers markets in the state yeah. uh, so uh, yay um yay local food do it
1: yes yes local food good <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, uh yeah, you got to you got to talk the talk and walk the walk, I guess. Yeah. Uh let's see. Anything else on that, Eric?
1: Nope. I mean, yeah, the things are pretty quiet here on the homestead. Uh like we kind of talked about last week. It kind of like we have this big push end of September, early October to get everything buttoned up and ready to go cuz you never know when you're going to get that first snowfall and then it's kind of sitting on your hands for the next month or two months depending on when winter decides to officially show up.
0: Oh, and I should mention actually I forgot to last week I have a partnership forming with uh fledgling farmstead in uh Tunbridge, mm-hmm. I believe. Um with uh, they're providing me with some unique peppers uh, this year and sort of taking nice. uh, They're going to be planting some things for me. And uh, I'm, I will today be working on a new cayenne hot sauce, um, traditional spicy hot sauce. Uh, Did your sister like her hot sauce, by the way, she has
1: not, she has not told me she complained. I tell you that she complained. No, she looked at me and said, thank you for the hot sauce. I wanted beans. (laughs)
0: I'm trying I'm trying to germinate some. I just needed it to be warm enough in my house. I want to make sure they're gonna work. Yeah. So
1: Oh no, uh, she actually she also could caveat. She doesn't just want like st- stuff that she can plant later. She actually wants some of the, your canned beans. No. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. No. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't get enough for me. So yeah. There only <laughs> there was only an abundance when they were fresh.
0: Exactly. And if you want to come here and shell all those things, yeah. maybe I'll give you some. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh i like picking on your sister i've never met her yes. uh so uh, like eric said earlier we, next week we are going to be talking about food source migration um mm-hmm. changes to flavors changes to sources uh places that you would traditionally expect a certain food to come mm-hmm. from whether it's a fruit a vegetable or uh, a meat product these are shifting and changing yep. and um currently we can talk about that and el nino but yep. uh it's also a reality uh with climate change yes so i also
1: don't want to go I, I will try not to get too ranty about also the other side of that are foods that we grow in areas where we have no right to be growing foods and they are stupid water hogs and <laughs> i'm talking to you almonds <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, that was confusing because I have a good friend named Almond, and <laughs> my ear. Is, anyway, um, so yeah. So if you want to reach out to the show, email is below, uh, but is also broken shovel eight zero two at gmail.com. Uh, uh, I do stuff over on TikTok talks sometimes. Uh, there's some broom making tutorials there. Uh, if anybody's interested in trying their hand at that. Um, and that is at broken shovel farm and um yeah if you're a chelsea resident uh come to the uh, uh holiday market please yeah. which our good friend delta has committed to coming to Ooh. so so uh but yes uh next week if you have anything to talk about uh with with changing of food sources please give us a give us a shout and uh yeah. we'd like to we'd like to hear from you um Other than that, thank you for listening to the Broken Shovel Podcast. (laughs) You're such a dork.